0: Last week we talked about peace, coming from Romans 14, 17. It says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And we focused on peace last week, and I wanted to focus on joy this week. And we kind of are, but you know me, and things kind of shift a little bit. And so I don't know how far I'm going to get into this message, the message that I had prepared. We may go a little bit different direction because I feel like the Holy Spirit's kind of tugging me in a different direction. And it's all Lauren's fault. (laughs) Lauren asked she's like, what? (laughs) <laughs> are, you, are you nervous you, I am now that you said my name um, we're still going to go in that direction but she came and kind of asked me something do you remember Sunday about, about what I was talking about and, and let me see if I can find it I, I may have it in here but it was when uh, let me find it because I kind of just want to talk about that y'all cool if I shift gears and change this um, here it is <laughs> it's way at the end I'm going to skip to the end y'all get to, may get out of here early John 2019 is where I, I kind of touched on last week, but I didn't really get too deep into it. Um, but I kind of want to hang out here a little bit and we'll just see where it goes. Cool? John 2019 says, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were get, were together, with the doors locked, why were the doors locked? They were afraid. For fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After this, or after he said this, he showed them his hands inside. And and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. So once they knew who he was, they weren't scared anymore. They were overjoyed, okay? So we'll still go along with joy a little bit here. Again, verse 21, again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, this is a pretty radical statement. And I've, I've gone over this and went right past it and not realized how powerful a statement that is. And Lauren brought it to my attention last Sunday, and I began to, you know, when, when and her Holy Spirit <laughs> was speaking to mine, and I thought about it this week, and I was like, you know what, that's a very powerful statement. Why was that so important? And I believe it's so important because this is such a simple text here, but there's so much going on. These disciples were with Jesus in flesh, Right? They knew him. They walked with him. They knew who he was. And then they were afraid because he was crucified and he was gone, right? He was dead. As far as they knew, he was dead. They didn't fully get everything that he was trying to tell them. And he was gone, and they were scared. Now he comes back, and he walks through a wall (laughs) and kind of scares them again. But then he shows them the the holes, and they calm down, and then they're excited, and they have joy. Why do they have joy? Anybody? Because Jesus is with them, right? They have joy because their Savior, the one that they thought was dead, is alive, and they have joy, right? And so he tells them in this moment, he says, hey, just as the Father sent me, I send you. Go out, and if you say someone's sins are forgiven, their sins are forgiven. And if you don't, they're not. What? I'm sorry, the, I get the blinking guy. Excuse me? What? I, so now we have the power to forgive sins. That can't be right. That can't be right. There must be something wrong here. And it's not. We talked about from the very first, the, the Romans 14, 17 says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy are fruits that come with the Holy Spirit. But if you take those three things out, what he's saying is the kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. That's what he's saying. The kingdom of God carries these things, but they are in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of heaven contains righteousness, peace, and joy, but they are in the Holy Spirit. You got me? So what does he do? He doesn't just tell them they can go out and, I don't know if y'all noticed, but I skipped something in that. He doesn't just tell them go out and forgive people's sins because now you have the power to forgive sins. What does he do? What extra thing does he do there? It's really important. I'm poking y'all. I want to see if y'all are listening. What does he do? He breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. He gave them the only way that they could ever possibly do that. He didn't just tell them go do it like the old covenant would say you do this, I do that. He said, no, I'm going to go with you. He's saying, now you, and this goes all the way back to, to when I first started the series and we were talking about um, if, if Jesus would have came and not limited himself to a man, we could only be spectators. We could say that's really cool that God could do these things. We're in, we're in all of that. But he didn't. He came as a man and, and purposely limited himself to prove to us that we could do the things that he did. This is important because if we don't believe that we can do these things, we're not going to do them, right? We're not, we're not going to carry just from, from knowledge, even biblical knowledge, which is important, and I encourage it, but just from biblical knowledge, we will not be bold enough to go do some of the things that God calls us to do, right? I mean, to an extent, maybe. Maybe we can be, I don't want to say brainwashed, but maybe brainwashed or tricked or, or manipulated or encouraged. I don't even want to say all negative things. Encouraged to do some really cool things, but none of that comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you see the separation? When we talk about Addie going, and we pray for her that God's going to be with her every step that she goes. He's not, <clears throat> there's this real common misconception that I know it sounds like a, I beat a dead horse because I say it almost every, every Sunday about heaven being so far away. But if we, don't, if we don't grasp this reality that heaven is at hand, that we have this power called the Holy Spirit with us all the time, we'll never be bold enough to make any difference in anybody's lives, even our own because we'll be depending on our own ability to do it, and we can't do it on our own. We absolutely cannot. We cannot live the Christian life on our own. That's Religion tries to imitate Christ without him. You can't do it. It's like a, a treadmill. Have you ever been on a treadmill? I hate treadmills. <laughs> you run and run and run and run and run, and then you're in the same place. <laughs> I mean, I guess you lose some weight eventually, like years. But <laughs> I mean, maybe weeks, but it feels like years. But you run and run and run and run, and you're in the same place. That's what trying to, trying to please a living God with dead works is. Running, 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 trying to do all these things to make, to make God happy when he's like, I'm right here with you. <laughs> you can't make me any happier than Christ has already made me because I wanted him to do it. Here's the key. God is not angry at you. <laughs> he's not having to, and I brought these glasses partially because they match my shoes and partially because I want to give you an example Many times we've looked at this, uh, this Christian life as though God's still angry, but he puts, like, Jesus glasses on. Like, I, s- I still don't like you guys, but because of Jesus, I'm going to put these glasses on and look at you, right? Oh, you guys are cool now. <laughs> I'm not so much, but you guys are cool now. <laughs> and you guys are okay, and I'm okay with you because, really, I don't like you. This is, this is the perception that I had for, for a long time. I don't really like you guys, but because of what Jesus did, as though Jesus is something separate from him, Now I'm okay with you guys, right? Y'all are all right. Not so much now, right? I don't really like you guys. But that's the perception that I had. So did Christ just make our life better or did he give us a brand new life? Is God taking on and off his glasses in a reaction to what we do? No. Is God intimidated by sin? I don't think he is. I've said it before and I continue to say if you, the, the Bible tells us if we go and we join ourselves to a harlot that Christ goes with us. This is a radical thing to me because it, it doesn't make me think, ooh, I can go do things and I'll be okay. It says God calls me to be something better than I actually am. Not by, not by pulling up my bootstraps and, and being better, but he is constantly renewing my, my mind to the reality of what is going on in my heart. He is saying... Listen, from the beginning of time, God has wanted a relationship with you. And Doug even reminded me of that after worship. Listen, God wants to walk with us in the cool of the night. We messed it up, and he made a way that we could get it back. Not based on what we could do, but what he could do. And his heart hasn't changed. His heart hasn't changed from, okay, let's, let's walk together, and we'll walk together in this garden. It's going to be great. I want you guys to be fruitful and multiply, right? Basically... Eat tacos and <laughs> that's my beef fruitful multiply. Eat tacos. Um, I don't want to be crass, but multiply. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Have children. Uh, sp- spread this all over the earth. Spread this awesome life that I've, I've given you all over the earth. But I don't want to make you do it. I want it to be a choice. I want you to. I have angels that can worship me all the time, they don't stop, they don't ever quit. They, don't ever quit. they never quit. They, they, they continue to do it all the time. I don't want, I want, I want a relationship. <laughs> oh, man, I want a relationship. Do you see the difference? If you've experienced a real relationship, a real relationship, you know what it's like for that to be broken. You know what it's like to be separated. You know what it's like to, to hurt, right? But you know what it's like to be reconciled. And this is why he's given us this spirit of reconciliation. He's given us this reality that, that not only can we be reconciled to God, but we can also be reconciled to other people. This love that he gave us is so great that now when we speak, the Holy Spirit goes with it. And we say, your sins are forgiven. And guess what? As soon as they believe it, their sins are forgiven. Not because we have some special power and we're like, man, I prayed two hours today and I read four scriptures and I fasted for eight days. And now now the power, I have all this power because of all this stuff that I did. Go. What would happen if it didn't work out? Oh, man, I didn't do enough. I, didn't do, I, I must have to pray more. I must have to read more. I must have to fast more. I must have to do all these things because I don't carry any kind of power. I mean, think about that. Or, wow, Jesus is in my ear going, this Holy Spirit, this, this friend, this comforter is saying, you're better than that. You don't, you don't have to not drink. You can be drunk in the Holy Spirit, right? You don't have to avoid these things because it's like positive displacement because what I have for you is greater. This joy that we talk about, this, this radical joy, is not laced with shame and guilt. I chased a, a, I chased a, a lot of quote-unquote joy when I was younger, and every time I, I thought that I was fulfilled, I was radically unfulfilled. Many of you have experienced that. Sin has always overpromised and underdelivered for me. <laughs> it's always said, "I have something great for you," and when I get there, it's like a, it's like a mirage, right? It's like, wow, this, it's it's like eating air. <laughs> it's like I want tacos. I had tacos last night. All I can think about is tacos. Um, it's like it's like imagining something delicious and then getting there and it's not. It's like, uh, Fake fruit. I talked about this, and I actually wrote it down. I hadn't had a chance to post anywhere, but it's like fake fruit. (laughs) Here's a good opportunity. I'm a pastor. I should probably tell you guys. It's like (laughs) fake fruit. Sin is like fake fruit. It looks good. You think it's going to be fulfilling, and so you, you look forward to it, and then you finally take a bite, and it's toxic. It's poison. It doesn't taste good, right? It just doesn't. It's not good, but fruit is good, right? This is why I think most, if not all, sin is righteous things that we want and that God has placed in our hearts, but we don't go to him for them. We go our own way. We say, I'll shortcut this Holy Spirit. I don't trust that God's a good father. I think God's really angry at me. He's only happy, even if I'm Christian, He's only happy because Jesus, he's, Jesus is this, is this buffer instead of God loved us enough to send His Son. <laughs> Jesus isn't on His own. They're not separate. <laughs> but we have this idea that, oh, God's still mad. He's still angry. He's still frustrated with me. And I can, we're so intimidated by this, this misconception of a good father. I think that's the good, good father song that's just been running the ground is so, has been so popular is because we haven't seen God as a good father for years. Because the church as a, as a, as a whole, the big C church, has, has heaped so much condemnation on people and so much fear into people and so much manipulation that we don't even know who God is. And, and Bill Johnson says we treat God the father like the Godfather. <laughs> We're afraid of him. We think he's just waiting to, to do that. Listen, an interesting perspective that I, <clears throat> I had yesterday sitting and watching volleyball all day long. I never, I never once thought, man, I can't wait until Tracy, or Tracy. I can't wait until Trinity messes up so that I can get on to her about not, you know, getting the ball over the net or something. You know what I mean? Now, once did that even cross my mind. All I want for her is the absolute best from volleyball to her life to college to husband. I want the absolute best for her. Does that make sense? That seems pretty logical, Right. I am her father. I want the absolute best for her. I want her to be a strong young woman with character, knowing who she is, not not being afraid of of how people see her or or anything like that. I want the absolute best for her, right? Why would we think our father would be any different? Even greater is his love for us. Listen, the Bible tells us we know that if our kid asks for bread, we don't give him a snake, (laughs) right? Right? our kid asks for taco, no. I'm stuck on tacos, man. <laughs> I just really like tacos. Um, if our kid asks for food, we don't give them poison. We don't give them something bad. Why would, why would we think that God would do that? Why, why do we think that God is so angry? Like he's just waiting for us to mess up or waiting for us to get up there and, and, and show this film. I love, <laughs> I love how, uh, I didn't grow up in a, in a church setting and, and I love how uh, Brian would describe some of the, <laughs> they, they, how legalistic some of the things that he kind of went through and and he would say, you know, they couldn't go watch R-rated movies, but when we get to heaven, they're going to show all of our lives where we messed up. And he was like, I can't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> How am I going to watch that movie? You told me I, can't. I couldn't watch it my whole life. I can't even watch this movie. This is bad stuff. <laughs> but we have this idea that when we get there, God's just waiting, like, oh, I can't wait to show you this movie of all the times you messed up. When, when my Bible says he, 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 doesn't even re- he remembers our sins no more, as far as the east is from the west. Not north and south because we have a north and south pole, but east and west is, never ends. It just keeps going. From the east to the west, he remembers them no more. So if we take away the sin problem, because that's what the church is focused on for so many years is sin. Is there sin? Yes. Are we still tempted? Yes. I'm not trying to say there's not. But we've been so focused on the problem instead of the solution that we've, I think we've missed the mark here, especially in sharing with people outside the church. Many of you guys know my story. I had many people come into my life to tell me how bad I was. I needed very little convincing of how bad I was. (laughs) I was fully aware. I didn't understand scripture. I didn't understand Jesus. I didn't understand salvation. I didn't understand anything. But I knew full well how bad I was. It was until someone showed me that God loved me in the midst of how bad I was that changed my life. Conditional love didn't change my life. Unconditional love changed my life. We love because he first loved us because we didn't have the capacity to have an agape love until he gave us an agape love to love other people. We had the other types of love, conditional love. You do for me, I do for you. Um, You're attractive, I love you, or I enjoy this, this feels good, so I love that. But not real love, not unconditional, not love that looks at the other person as greater than you and and it's a sacrificial kind of love that says, I care more about your well-being than my well-being. That's godly love. That's fatherly love. That's how I see my kids, right? I care more about you than me. Does that seem simple enough? This is how, now get this, this is how God sees you all the time now. He's not flipping on lenses, on and off lenses, or running and running around panicking when you mess up. He allows us to experience this so that we, it's different than just just head knowledge. It's, experiential knowledge. He says, taste and see that I'm good. Why does he say that? Don't learn and see that I'm good. Nothing wrong with learning. But he says, taste and see that I'm good because you need to experience. So We talk about marriage. You can say you, you got it all figured out. Get married. <laughs> you think you've got child raising kids figured out. We got it all together. We can't have kids until we get it all together. We're well, never going to have kids. <laughs> but you, have, you think you have it figured out until you have kids and then you go, okay, well, I need to adjust, right? because this isn't what I expected, because I have to experience this for it to actually be real, not just understand it on, a, on an intellectual level. I need to taste it. Can somebody bump the air up? Because if I'm cold, somebody else is cold in here. Are you all cold? Yeah. yeah, bump the air up a little bit. I'm never cold. If I'm cold, it's cold, because I'm usually burning up. You know what? I, okay. <laughs> Start seeing blankets in here. you all going to take a nap. All right, I do have one scripture. I know I'm kind of rambling here, and I kind of went off well, I didn't really have a topic because I kind of bailed on this one, but there is something good here. This is good. <clears throat> I love Eugene Peterson's version of this, so I'm going to use the message, but you can look in any translation. It says basically the same thing. I just like his wording here. It's real colorful, and I like it. And and if you've never read the message, I encourage you, because it's not just a paraphrase. Eugene Peterson actually went back and looked at the Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic. He looked at all the languages, and actually, they're, they're so much better than ours. <laughs> that he did a really good job with this. Excuse me. Can you toss me my water, please? That's the problem. I can't. I'm choking up up here. Um, Thank you, my lovely wife Tracy. Thank you. Golf clap. Um, Where am I, John? Stand by. I moved everything around. I'm in John 16, verse 23. And this is from the message. This is what I want you to do. Ask the Father for whatever is in keeping with the things I've revealed to you. Ask in my name according to my will, and he'll most certainly give give it to you. Your joy will be a river overflowing its banks. Skip down to 25. Skip down, it's the next verse. 25, I've used figures of speech in telling you these things. Soon I'll drop the figures and tell you about the Father in plain language. Then you can make your request directly to him in relation to this life I've revealed to you. I won't continue making requests. Listen to this. I won't continue making requests of the Father on your behalf. I won't need to. Because you've gone out on a limb, committed yourselves to love and trust in me, believing I came directly from the Father. The Father loves you directly. Let that sink in. The Father loves you directly. First, I left the Father and arrived in the world now I leave the world and travel to the Father. Listen, the Father loves you directly now. If Jesus accomplished his task, and I believe that he did 2,000 years ago, if Jesus accomplished his task, he restored our relationship with the Father. Think about that a minute. I'm not, be very clear because this could be taken the wrong way. I'm not taking Jesus out. Jesus is the only way to the Father. 100% true. But once we get that revelation, we now have access direct access, access to the Father. That should change our perspective a little bit. It's not just God is angry and Jesus is our buffer, but now it's Jesus has done away with our old life and given us a new life, and now everything, every, the way that God sees us is not just through Jesus' lenses, it's directly as righteousness in Christ. Because of our faith in him, now we have direct access to God the Father. The reason I say that is because many of you may not have daddy issues, but I have daddy issues because I didn't have a dad growing up. And so to, to think of a good father is a hard thing for me to grasp in a natural realm. I say that until I had kids and then it worked in reverse. I began to learn how a father loves in reverse. But in doing so, I realize now how my father loves me, my heavenly father loves me. Do you see that? It's a, if we think that if we think that God's still mad and it's only because it's only because Jesus kind of makes a buffer there, then we're kind of selling Jesus short of what he actually did. And you guys have seen the example when I've taken the, a book and set it down. If we restore it, I would have Tracy pick it up and put it on my chair. If it was here, that's not restoration. Restoration is all the way back here, right back where it was. And if, if our relationship with the Father was whole in the Garden of Eden and Christ brought it back to that wholeness now, in our hearts we're good. And our revelation that we have every day is we're convicted, the the believer is convicted of righteousness. The unbeliever is not just convicted of sin, they're convicted of unbelief, right? It's the solution that's the problem. That sounds funny. The, The problem is we don't give the solution, we just give the problem. Sin's not the issue, unbelief's the issue. Because if they believed, they wouldn't have a sin issue. Does that make sense? Is sin an issue? Yeah, it's an issue. But it's not greater than... Christ. <laughs> Do you see the progression that we have? So if we if, if the, the, the unbeliever is convicted of un, or the, the sinner I guess you could say is convicted of unbelief when they believe now they're convicted of righteousness. Conviction is just a convincing of, of what's actually happening. The reality that you find yourself in. So now the father loves you directly. That's something that's something outside of my ability to understand without the Holy Spirit. When we started this whole thing, we talked about how important the Holy Spirit is in this, this Christian walk. We can't do it without him. I mean, Zero chance. Many, many have tried. Paul says, I am the absolute most unqualified person to go out here and preach to these Gentiles. Absolutely the most unqualified. He says, I, I am the worst person to do this. But Christ sends him. And he carries the Holy Spirit with him. The same Holy Spirit. Listen, here's the thing. It's not Holy Spirit 2.0, Holy Spirit 3.0, Holy Spirit 4.0. The same Holy Spirit that that Jesus breathed on the disciples, he breathed on Paul too. And Paul never saw Christ in the flesh. He breathed on him. He had the same Holy Spirit. He had the same Holy Spirit you have, right? It's not junior. Same thing the kids over there in children's church. They don't have Holy Spirit junior. I've said it for years in youth. We rob our kids of their present by telling them they're the future. They're not just the future. Yeah, they're going to grow up. Duh. <laughs> they're powerful right now. Yes. They think they've taken prayer out of schools. They think they take prayer out of schools. <laughs> I mean, we get caught up on the on this stuff. As long as my kids are going to school, the Holy Spirit's going with them. Heaven's there. You can't stop that. Anyway, that's a completely different turn. I'm all over the place here. Let me see where I'm going to go with this. Let me come back to... (sighs) Hmm. I won't go through the whole thing because I've got a lot of Scripture here. But all the way back in John, where I was going to start originally, around 16.4, if you want to go there later. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but around John 16.4, he begins to tell them, look, they're upset. The disciples are saying, hey, we don't want you to go. We like you. (laughs) You do some pretty cool stuff. You raise the dead, you heal the sick. Um, We don't fully understand everything you say. And I know you get frustrated with it sometimes. But We really like you. We don't want you to go. And we're mourning and we're upset. He says, I get that. Jesus is patient with him. He says, I get that. But you don't understand because it's better for you that I leave. You don't see it now because you want me in the flesh. But I'm a little bit limited in the flesh right now. By choice, I've limited myself in the flesh. But it is better for you if I leave because when I leave, I will send the Holy Spirit. And when I send the Holy Spirit, I won't just be in one place at one time. I can be in lots of different places all the time. And I can, and right now, you guys get to spend time with me, and you get to enjoy my presence. But when the Holy Spirit comes, everyone will be able to experience it from the Jew and the, and the Gentile. Everybody will get it. It is better for you. And he goes on to say, look, it's like, I know you guys are going to be sad. I know you're going to be mourning, but it's like giving birth. You're going to be upset for a while, but then you're going to be happy, trust me. <laughs> When, when, and listen, ooh, this is a good one. I just thought about this. Just like when birth comes, when new life comes, how, how excited are you? Listen, when the Holy Spirit comes, you get a brand new life. You don't just get a better version of your old life. Your old life is crucified and dead. And your new life, you breathe, what did, oh man. What did God do in the beginning? He breathed life into us. Breathe life into dirt. Think about that a minute. What does Jesus do? He breathes his spirit into us. He gives us that life. Here's the cool thing. We're not ponds and lakes. We're rivers of joy. So when he breathes life into us, not only that, he says, now I give you the same power. Now you have direct access to the Father. Why? For what purpose? So that you can share this love so that you can be rivers of joy and speak life into other people. Life, 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 life. <laughs> not death, not fear, not manipulation. We don't grab from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We grab from the tree of what? Life. Christ didn't just die for our sins, although he did, but he raised, <laughs> ascended, and gave us this Holy Spirit that we can have with us now. He says, I don't seek to take you guys out of the earth. The Bible says clearly, I'm not looking to pull you guys out of here. This is not the church's uh, mandate is to hide until we get to go to heaven one day. He says, you're going to deal with tribulations and trials, but listen, I'm going to be with you. I will walk with you. I will talk to you. I will lead you. I will help you. I'll be a comforter. Holy Spirit continually bringing us into our comfort zone. Think about that. Holy Spirit's a friend. <laughs> a friend. Do you have any friends? Do you have good friends? Was that music? Oh. I was trying to think of what song it was Bad to the Bones. Um, think about a good friend that you have. Think about a friend like a, a friend you would call if you were in trouble or something and they would come help you. Think about that. Think about the terminology that's used. The Holy Spirit is a comforter. the, fir- the first uh, The first description, I guess, I understood of the Holy Spirit was was kind of that same idea that I had about the Father, because they're kind of the same. Is that He's mad and He's waiting for you to mess up so that He can correct you? How long would you hang out with a friend that only does that? Not very long. Now, does He? Yes. I'm not saying he doesn't correct you. He does. But that's not it. (laughs) Like we stop there. All he does is is he just throws up red lights at us constantly. I've said this before too. When I was younger, I had many, many people tell me what I should not do. (laughs) 99% of uh, adults talking to me was don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. Very little, if not at all, did anyone tell me what I was actually capable of doing little little was I ever encouraged to actually do something or, or or be something or or accomplish anything. I was never encouraged to do that from and whether it was in my environment or the people that I grew up around. Never was I encouraged of what I could actually do. Listen, the Holy Spirit leads you into joy and peace and righteousness. He doesn't just correct you when you mess up we've we've limited. For some reason, we have, we have swayed so heavily towards the negative in everything. I don't know where we got off saying this. And I've told you guys this before. We, we have three daughters, and one of them is a little more hard-headed than the others. And she's headstrong, and she wants to do things her way. And immediately, almost anybody that's close to us or family will say, oh, you're going to have to keep an eye on her. She's going to be the bad one. She's going to be the bad one because she, she, she is defiant. She wants to do things her own way. And Trace and I are the same way. Don't say, I don't want to ever hear you say that again. She's going to be the strong young woman that's going to lead people because she, she has a, a boldness that maybe one of my other daughters doesn't have. It's not less or more. It's difference in personalities. Fred and I talked about this morning, um, and Andrew even said, stop saying you have ADD. <laughs> and I say that to encourage people because, you know, it's not a negative thing. I, I'm completely unqualified to be here. <laughs> without the Holy Spirit. But, but ADD, or whatever you want to call it, uh, a difference in personality, is just, it gives, it's actually, it, I'm gifted in certain areas and not in others. Where someone else is gifted in some areas and I'm not, right? In the same way, each one of my kids learns in a different way. I can put this kid in this environment and she will flourish. Whew. Books and reading, and I can put this kid in this environment and she will not, Right? And vice versa. I can take this kid out of this environment, and put her in this environment, and she'll lock up and freeze. Put this kid in this environment, and she'll adjust and adapt. It's just different. We're all different. Where am I going with this? Where did I start? I'm exhausted. Huh? In the beginning. In the beginning. Led by the Spirit. Don't. Oh, that's what it was. Thank you. That's why that's why we're a family. Even I can get off base sometimes. We're led by the Spirit and we don't we don't lean towards the negative on everything. That's where I was going with that. We we have thought we have painted God the Father as the Godfather. We've painted Holy Spirit as his minion to keep us in check. And that's it. That's that's it. Game over. And it's like he's some cosmic killjoy. Don't have fun. Don't enjoy yourself. Don't be happy. Don't laugh. <laughs> God's sakes, don't laugh. When If I was creating in the image the icon, the, the, the very character of God, and I have a sense of humor, I'm pretty sure he does. Pretty positive he does. I told that to a, friend, a lost friend of mine that, that, uh, that I built a relationship with. We go back and forth, and, and I'll say something kind of goofy or whatever, and he's like, aren't you a pastor? Can you say that? And I was like, God's cool with it. He has a sense of humor. He thought it was funny. <laughs> Infants laugh. And that's one of the coolest things when you see an infant when you see an infant laugh, it's just like, oh, that's that's awesome. All right, let me see. Let me see if I can bring this somewhere. Be Holy Spirit led in everything that we do. From the smallest thing to the largest thing, we pray every Sunday morning to do that. I pray every every moment of our lives with your relationships. Let me stop there especially with your relationships. Let Holy Spirit lead in your relationships because if you don't, you will be working on conditional love, and if the other person in that relationship, whether it's a marriage or just a friendship, you'll be trying to abide in in them instead of where you're supposed to be in body. And you'll be depending on them instead of leaning on the fullness of Christ to actually fulfill that relationship. So instead of trying to seek to gain something from people, you can actually look to benefit them. You see the, the shift? If we're rivers... Coming from the Lord to people, then you don't have to draw from so many people. And you're not hurt if this person lets you down. You go, man, I hate that, but they're going through something now. I want to help them. I don't want to be mad at them because they let me down. Does that make sense? So when we lead, be led by the Holy Spirit, not just kept in check in boundaries. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen, listen, listen. Listen, listen, listen. He'll tell you to do things that sometimes you wouldn't normally do but ultimately will actually really, really benefit you. I'll give you one more example. I'll let you guys go. I use Trace and I as an example a lot because we hang out a lot. We know each other really well. We've been together for... I shouldn't open my mouth. 17 years? In April, we'll be 17 years. It's close. That's what I was going to say, 17 years in April. We'll be together for 17 years in April so we know each other really well. In in getting to know each other, there are things that we disagree on, things that we agree on. There are times when I feel like she's let me down. There's times that I know that I've let her down. Through all of that, there have been points at which I guess... In, I guess, in legal terms, we could walk away from each other or whatever. We could, we could quit. And I'm not, ch- I don't want to go down the road of divorce, not divorce. I'm just saying, with any relationship, you can do that. You can, you can separate yourselves from each other. But in every time we have both, and I'm not trying to build us up at all, somehow, <laughs> through the grace of God, <laughs> the Lord has come down <laughs> and reminded us that we are new creations and that it's not all about me. And somehow has communicated the same thing to her. And it blows my mind when we begin to talk about it. And we found, we found a place where we can say there's something greater going on here than just us fulfilling each other's needs. And by, by doing so, and I'm telling you, it's not, it's not perfect, it's not pretty. I've said it many times, relationships are messy. If you want to be religious, that's pretty. We could put on masks, and I could tell you we never struggle with anything, and life is great, but that's not true. We struggle and we argue and we have issues. But in doing so, we always come back to what we know. And we know that the Lord has us together for a reason, has us at this church for a reason, has us with with our family for a reason. And we come back to that reality and it changes our perspective on each other. Do you see how that works? And that works with every other relationship. Every other relationship. Tracy, (laughs) we talked about some things like late last night just talking and there's a great balance that Tracy brings to my life that I don't realize all the time because I, I'm i going all the time and I don't see things the same way that she sees things and vice versa and she reminded me last night that sometimes she has to help me see things that I don't see in the same way I have to help her see things that she can't see and it's cool because I couldn't do that on my own <laughs> because naturally I would just be selfish. But by hearing from the Holy Spirit, I can say, okay, show me. Because <laughs> that hurts my pride for me to say, I need you to help me, right? Tracy, I need, I need your help. I need you to show me something because I, I, can't, I can't just do this by myself. And in the same way, it, it, it takes her to put down her pride and be humble to say, I need you. I need your help doesn't mean either of us are less than each other. Does that make sense? We're not, I'm not submitting to her, please don't hurt me. She's not submitting to me, please don't hurt me. We're saying, I have something that can help you, I think. And you you have something that can help me. And in swallowing our pride and saying, I can't do this on my own, it's 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 revealing the Father to each other is essentially what it's doing. All right. You guys stand up with me. I'll pray for you guys. I'll just keep talking. And we're already 10 minutes over. It's okay. It's okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Carolyn. I was about to go on a tangent about how awesome Carolyn is. I could do that about all of you guys. I mean, I really could. I, uh, I could. We're going to have a... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop talking, I promise. I'll tell you this one thing, though. There's been probably three or four Sundays this year that I've wanted to do like a foot washing where Trace and I would wash um, some of you guys' feet. And I was thinking, oh, we're going to do the turners first. And then then I was like, well, then we're going to do, you know, uh, uh, Chris and Alicia and then Carolyn. And then I was like, I can't stop. We're going to have to wash everybody's feet in this place. So I was like, just consider all your feet clean. We we love you guys. <laughs> and, we, and we really we genuinely, like, I can't express how much we... We appreciate you guys. All of you guys help us and encourage us and pray for us and, and serve here and in different areas. And I mean it's just nonstop. There would be no we would we would be here all day washing feet. So um, but just I just want to tell you that I appreciate you. Lack of sleep has got me really delirious. <laughs> Father, thank you. <laughs> Father, thank you for all day volleyball tournaments. Thank you for your sense of humor. Lord, thank you for a joy that, that you bring that is infinite. Lord, that is eternal. It is not uh, dependent on our circumstances, but actually is outside of our circumstances. So, Father, as we leave this place, remind us, Lord, (laughs) you just gave me a vision of a rubber ducky. Remind us of, of like one of those floaties that is around us that is this kingdom of heaven that is enveloped and walks with us, this friend of the Holy Spirit that changes the atmosphere of the rooms that we enter. Lord, remind us that we carry a power that's not from our own ability, but from a gift that you've given us in Christ and the Holy Spirit in us. Lord, remind us that that when we run into problems and broken relationships and hurt and pain and, and struggles, Lord, that we can speak into that and we can speak not just good advice, but life. Lord, the kingdom of heaven is in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is in our hearts. So, Lord, we speak from that place, not towards it. Thank you that you get rid of all spiritual treadmills in our lives and you give us... a a real race that every step you're with us. In Jesus' name, amen.